Welcome to the Faith Lift Radio Podcast, where doubt is destroyed and your faith is lifted. Here's today's message from Dr. Glenn. All right, everybody, let's get ready to go into the Word. Let's open our Bible, please, today to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And the great uh, Apostle Paul is talking to us, and look what he says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 8, he says, Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. I need you to underline that in your Bible. Whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Now, there would be no need for the Apostle Paul to write this or to say this if there was no possibility for prophecies to fail. So the fact that Paul says to you that prophecies will fail and can fail, all right, so we know we know that is there is a possibility to that. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. We know at some point uh, that tongues will cease. In other words, so I mean that's listen. <laughs> yeah, that's just so obvious. I don't know how some dodo can say tongues has passed away. He says tongues will cease. Tong- Paul didn't say tongues has ceased. No, tongues will cease in the future. All right. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Now, all right, ladies and gentlemen, what does that mean? That whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. So we understand today that there is a possibility that prophecies can fail. Now, let's go to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. And this is Paul the aged, talking to his protege in the faith as a mentor or as a spiritual father, he says this to him in verse 18. This charge or this command, I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on you, that you by them might war a good warfare. I want you please to underline in your Bible that you, by these prophecies that went on before of you, that you by them might war a good warfare. The purpose of a prophetic word is to put a fight in you. Let me say it again. The purpose of a prophetic word, when you receive a prophetic word, it is to put a fight inside of you. So the purpose of a prophetic word is to be utilized as a weapon of mass destruction in the camp of the enemy. Are you listening to me now? All right. Now, listen to me very carefully here. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, we, I, we, I met him in the airport yesterday. He was going to London, right? And uh, I was going to America. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Good to see you. Praise God. All right. Now. The reason why we we have to explain this today is because people have the idea that all prophecies are the same, which they are not. And number two, people have the idea that prophecies are automatic. 
Well, if prophecies were automatic, why in the name of God will Paul says to Timothy that listen according to the prophecies which went before on you, that you by them might war a good warfare? That tells you that not all prophecies are the same, and that prophecies, some prophecies are not automatic. Now, what do I mean by that? I want you please to write this down, please. I want you please to write this down. Before I explain to you the different types of prophecies, this is what you must need to understand about prophecies. There are two types of prophecies. Okay, I want you to listen to me now. There are two types of prophecies. Number one, you have what is known as the decretive prophecies. All right, just like you've got the decretive will of God. So you've got the decretive prophecies. This is where God decrees what definitely will happen. It is, it, there has a, a futurity about it. It's going to happen. It doesn't need your cooperation. Let me say it again. There's one type of prophecy, which is known as the decretive prophecy. A decretive prophetic word is going to happen whether you like it or not, with or without your cooperation. But then, in other words, for example, if God has already decreed, he, he already has, that he will return, the rapture will take place, the second coming will take place, all right? The seven vials of judgment are going to take place. Nobody can undo that. Nobody can stop that. Are you listening? That's a decretive prophecy because it is, it, they are the decretive will of God. That will definitely happen. So I want you to write this down, please. You've got the decretive prophecy. All right. The second type is what you call the preceptive prophecy. The preceptive prophecy or the preceptive prophetic word. Now, what does that mean? The preceptive Prophecy is where God gives you a precept. This is what God desires to see in your life. This is what this is God's private desire for you in your life. But that, ladies and gentlemen, requires your cooperation. That is not automatic. That these kind of prophecies or prophetic word, they are not automatic. It needs your involvement. It needs your cooperation. Are you following me so far? Okay. So I want you please to write this down. There are two types of um, prophetic word. They are, they come, uh, all the other kinds, all the other several ways, several prophecies will fall under these two constitution. The decretive prophetic word, and then the perceptive prophetic word. Are you listening? Okay. The decretive prophetic word is what God has decreed in his sovereignty, and it will definitely happen. Nothing, no one can undo it. The rapture is going to take place. The great tribulation is going to take place. The seven vials of judgments are going to take place. 
the Antichrist to come, all right, the uh, men of sin, they are going to show up. And the second coming of the Lord, Jesus Christ, the parousia, they are going to happen. Are you listening? But when it comes to your personal life, that is not a decretive will of God. Okay, that is, ladies and gentlemen, a perceptive prophetic word that you need to know how to work with. Can you say amen? Praise God. Can you say amen? All right, now, <clears throat> Pastor Richard Onabamwa, my good friend in Brussels, uh, Belgium, mighty, mighty man of God. We give God praise for his life a number of years ago. Amen. number of years ago, I think in the 90s, mid or late 90s, powerful man of God. Glory be to God. Now, write this down, please. The decretive will or prophetic word concerns the purposes of God as it relates to the futurity of events. All right. The perceptive prophetic word relates to the rule of duty for his rational creatures. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Now, let's look at that scripture again. <clears throat> so whether there be prophecies, they can fail. Now, you remember the story in the Bible when Jesus said uh, to his disciples, two of them, to go out there and go get me a donkey. He's been tied up. You will find a donkey tied up. Now, that donkey was prophesied in the book of Zechariah. Now, the thing is, there can be a prophetic word released, and that prophetic word still be tied down. And many of you, that's where you find yourself. There is a prophetic word over your life, just like there was a prophetic word over the life of, of Timothy, but you could find yourself tied down and you are waiting for it to happen, but you don't know that the thing is, you got to give birth to this uh, prophetic word. Are you listening? You got to give birth to this prophetic word. Now, let's go to, uh, let me show you a place where prophecies failed. Okay? Let's go to the book of uh, Acts. Let's go to the book of Acts. All right, let's go to the book of Acts. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. The great Stephen is preaching. The great Stephen is preaching in Acts chapter 7. So, verse 1. Then said the high priest, are these things so? And he said, men and brethren and fathers, hearken, the God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham, when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Sharon, or Haran, Haran, whatever, how you want to, however you want to say it. And he said to him, Get thee out of your country, and from your kindred, and come into the land where which I will show you. Then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans, and dwelt in Quran. And from thence, when his father was dead, that's terror, which means delay, he removed him into this land, wherein you now dwell. Now, now, look in your Bible, please. And he gave him none inheritance in it, no, not so much as to set his foot on it, yet he promised that he would give it to him, to him for a possession and to his seed after him, when as yet he had no child. Now, look at verse 5. 
and God spake to him on this wise. God is speaking to him and said this, that his seed should sojourn in a strange land and that they should bring them into bondage and entreat them evil for how many years? Four hundred years. Four hundred years. Now, what is Stephen referring to now? Let's go to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. And you will see here what God said to Abram. All right, now, let's read verse, verse 12. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that your seed will be a stranger in a land, that's what uh, Stephen was just making reference to, that is not there, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them for four hundred years. Notice that. They shall afflict them for what? Four hundred years. Everybody say four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance. All right. Now, look at verse 16, uh, 15. But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. So God said they will be there for four hundred years. Okay, now, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Look at verse, uh, six. go back to Acts chapter 7 and verse 6. Let's read verse 6 together, please. Acts chapter 7 and verse 6. And God spake on this wise, that his seed should, should sojourn, everybody says sojourn, in a strange land, and that they should bring them into bondage, and entreat them evil for 400 years. So the sojourning was supposed to be for 400 years. Okay, let's go to the book of Exodus, chapter 30. That was the prophetic word to the seed of Abraham. Let's go to Exodus, chapter 12. Exodus, chapter 12. Look in your Bible, please. Let's read verse 40. Let's read verse 40. Now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. In Genesis, God said the sojourning would be 400 years. Is that correct? That was the prophetic word that was given to the seed of Abraham. Are you listening? God said the sojourning would be 400 years, and Stephen echoed that. But the reality of the matter is that, you can read in verse 40 here, Exodus chapter 12 and verse 40, now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. So, did God miss it? No. This prophetic word failed by 30 years. This is what we mean. A failed prophecy is a delayed prophecy. Are you listening? Delayed prophecy results in delayed destiny. 
I need you to write this down. Delayed prophecy will result in delayed destiny. And many of us are suffering from delayed destiny because we are the victim of delayed prophetic word. The reason why we are victim of delayed prophetic word is because we allowed or we did something to cause that prophetic word to fail. Now, remember what I told you. There's a difference between the decretive uh, prophetic word and the perceptive prophetic word. Are you listening now? Now, look in your Bible, please. Now, we know that the decretive prophetic word that through Abraham and his seed shall all nations be blessed. Are you listening? The Messiah would come from the seed of Abraham. That one was a decretive, pre-established, preordained, cannot be changed, prophetic will of God. But now, in respect to the personal aspects of Israel, here is a perceptive, perceptive prophetic word that after 400 years, because you see, it doesn't affect God. It affects Israel. It doesn't affect the plan of God. It affects the plan of Israel. Are you listening? I want you to write this down. The decretive prophetic word is to bring about the purposes of God, which will not be denied. Are you listening? But the perceptive prophetic word is God's personal will or desire for you or for a nation as in Israel. But that depends on your cooperation. Are you following me now? Now, how was that uh, prophetic word failed? Now, remember that prophetic word uh, in regards to Jesus, that, that donkey almost failed if the Lord did not send his two disciples to tell, to loose that donkey. You need to loose your prophetic word. You need to release your prophetic word. Something has tied down your prophetic word. Are you listening to me now? Because you think it's going to happen automatically. Nothing in regards to your personal life happens automatically. You've got to know how to fight through it. You've got to know how to give birth to it. And you've got to know how to release it. Did you hear that? You've got to know how to what? Fight for it. Release it. And give birth to your prophetic word. Can you say amen? Glory to God forever. All right. Now, let's go to, back to the book of Acts, chapter 7. Okay. Acts chapter 7, please. We're going to pick up from verse, um, verse um, 17. All right. But when the time of the promise drew near, in other words, I want you to write this down. This is called the pleru, P-L-E-R-O-O, the fullness of time. Every prophetic word has a time. You hear me now? 
Every prophetic word has a time. This is why it irritates me to no end to find believers that have received a prophetic word and they're still waiting for it to happen. They got it in the teens, they got it in their 20s, and then and they're now in the 50s and the 60s, and they haven't done nothing about it and said, Well, I got a word, it's gonna to come to pass. It's not going to come to pass if you do not cooperate with it. And in other words, if you don't fight for it, if you don't uh, give birth to it, and if you don't release it, Jesus showed you how to stop a prophetic word from failing by releasing the donkey. Are you listening? The donkey was the vehicle to take him. Are you listening? Amen. Into Jerusalem. Your prophetic word is your vehicle, is your transport to take you into your destiny. But if your prophetic word lacks the gas, lacks the uh, engine, how are you going to get to your destiny to or your destination? You've got to know how to release it. You've got to know how to fight with it. And you've got to know how to give birth to it. Can you say amen? Stop being so passive. Now, the, the two major problems that we have with people in respect to time is either they step before God or they step after God. Did you hear that? When it comes to failed prophetic words, it's a question of missing the pleru. And I need you to write the word pleru. P-L-E-R-O-O. Pleru means the fullness of time. In the fullness of time, God sent his son. Jesus came right on time. Are you listening? And so you need to understand, you will have a pleru moment. You are now living in Kronos, and there is a season called the Kairos, but within the, within the Kronos and the Kairos, you have the Pleru, and you need to find the Pleru. This is why you have to fight with the prophetic word. You've got to release the prophetic word, and you've got to give birth to the prophetic word. Can you say amen? Now, look in your Bible, please. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 17, but when the time of the promise was drawing near, when the pleru was coming into play, what was the pleru? The pleru was 400 years, then they will be released. Can you say amen? Which God has sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. Glory to God. The people grew and multiplied. Now, till another king arose which knew not Joseph. There will be people in your life that are not aware of your prophetic word. Did you hear that? There will arise people that are not aware or conscious of your prophetic word. But you have got to be conscious of your prophetic word. Can you say amen? 
Glory to Jesus forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can you say amen, somebody? Look in your Bible, please. Let's keep on. Let's keep on reading. <clears throat> now, that time, that 400-year promise lease was coming to an end, which God had sworn to Abram. The people grew and multiplied till another king arose which knew not Joseph. The same dealt suddenly with our kindred, and evil entreated our fathers so that they cast out their young children to end to the end that they might not live. When your prophetic word is coming to its playroom moment, the increase of affliction, the increase of persecution will come to the fore. Did you hear what I said? Some of you say, I don't even know. I don't understand why I'm going through all this hell. You're going through all this hell because your prophetic word is about to come to pass. You're about to hit the playroom moment. You're about to hit the fullness of time. Can you say amen? Now, look in your Bible, please. Verse 20. In which time? In which season? In that kairos? Moses was born. So everything was going according to plan. And was exceedingly fair and nourished up in his father's house three months. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him up for her own son. Now Moses was learning all the wisdom of the Egyptians. I need you to underline that. He was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. I need you to underline that. And was mighty in words and in deeds. And when he was full 40 years old, everybody said 40 years old, it came to pass, it came into his heart to visit his brothers, the children of Israel. Now, what I want you to do to, to underline is to connect this, all right? Connect this to set this together. When he was full 40 years old, it came to his heart uh -huh, to visit his brothers, the children, the children of Israel. But here's a problem. He was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. Now, what do you do when you have a sense of God's calling upon your life, but you still got the ways of the world in you? So many times we try to fulfill God's calling with the learned skills or the learned wisdom of the Egyptians. Did you hear that? You cannot use the wisdom of the Egyptians to bring about the calling and the prophetic word. Did you hear that? Okay. So he's 40 years old. He's discovered. He's uncovered. He has uncovered for himself what is his purpose, what is the perceptive, what is God's will for his life, what is the prophetic word. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptians. Because that's what Egyptians do. They kill one, they kill other people. All right? Now look at look at the problem. Look what caused the failed prophecy. For he supposed, 
He supposed, he based his decision upon a supposition. He supposed his brethren would have understood how that God, now look at the terminology, look at how Stephen pens it or says it, by his hand, that God, by the hand of Moses, by his hand, would deliver them, but they understood not. So he took matters into his own hands. Did you hear me now? The reason why the prophetic word failed in the life of Moses is because he took matters in his own hands. He used the wisdom of the Egyptians, all right, to bring about the calling of God, the execution of the calling of God in his life. And he missed it. He was 40 years old. Now, now look in your Bible, please. Verse 26. And the next day he showed himself unto them as they strove and would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, you are brothers. Why do you wrong one, one to another? But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? Will you kill me as you did the Egyptians and uh, yesterday, then Moses fled at this saying and was a stranger in the land of Midian where he begat two sons. And when 40 years were expired, now remember, he was 40 years old. He killed an Egyptian and now he's on the run, right? He goes away for 40 years. So he's 80 years old. God speaks to him now when he is 80 years old. Go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Right? Go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Now, listen to what I'm about to say to you now. So he returns, he's 80 years old, and now Israel is in the 430th year of captivity. Why? Because Moses blew it. Which means, therefore, if he's now 80, 40 years have expired, that means when Moses was 40 years old, that means 430 minus 40 is 390th years, uh, 90 years of captivity. So when Moses was 40 years old, Israel was 390th, 90 years in their captivity. But God didn't say they would come out at 390. God said they would come out at 400. So Moses stepped ahead of God by 10 years. I want you to write this down. When you step ahead of God, you will delay yourself. When you step ahead, when you are in a hurry to fulfill God's word, or God's prophetic word in your life, without praying it through, without giving birth to it, you will cause failed prophetic word, which will become delayed prophetic word. Are you listening to me now? This is where many people are today. They are always, they allow themselves to get flustered. They allow themselves to get frustrated. And so what happens? Because they can't wait. Waiting before the Lord is not wasted time. When you're waiting before the Lord, you are giving time. You are birthing that prophetic word. Can you say amen?
Glory be to God. So I want you to write this down. When you go ahead of God, you only delay yourself. You will only delay yourself. Are you listening? If you don't want to be delayed, then you've got to learn to delight yourself in the Lord. What does that mean? Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Are you listening? Now, so you can see here how this prophetic word almost failed indefinitely were it not for God getting Moses to recalibrate his life. Now, here's the problem, though. Delayed prophetic word will be the death of a lot of other people. How many people do you think died that day uh, within a 30 years period because Moses blew it? You need to understand, just like God told Joshua. Let's go to the book of Joshua. Go to the book of Joshua, please. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter 1. All right. Now, what did God say? Joshua chapter 1, God says to Moses, to Joshua rather, who was also delayed by 40 years. Why was he delayed by 40 years? So you see, Moses was delayed by 40 years because he stepped ahead of God. And now Joshua is delayed because when it was time to take the promised land, these 10 spies didn't want to do it. They didn't want to do it. They missed the plural of God. You see, you've got to learn to synchronize your steps with the steps of God. This is where praying in the Spirit, fasting comes along. Did you hear me now? This is where praying in the Spirit, fasting are crucial for you to systematically synchronize your steps with God. In fact, there's a scripture in the Bible. Let me see if I can find it for you now. Remember the story, it just came to my mind right now. All right, there's the story of the uh, concubine that was raped in the book, I believe it's in the book of Kings. Let me see if I can find it, all right? The sons, uh, I think it was the sons of uh, Benjamin, hallelujah, uh, that uh, would not release the evil people. <clears throat> Let me see if I can find this for you. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Where they cut, where, where the guy cut the woman's body into 12 pieces. 12 pieces. If somebody can remember the story, what verse it is, uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, you can find it in the book of, uh, yeah, Judges. Judges chapter 19. Look in your Bible, please. Judges chapter 19. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This woman is raped, okay? And Judges chapter 19, <clears throat> verse 27, and, the, and her Lord rose up in the morning. In fact, let's go read verse 25. But when the man would not hearken to him, so the man took his concubine and brought her forth unto them, and they knew her and abused her all the night until the, the morning. And when the day began to spring, they let her go. Then came the woman in the dawning of the day and fell down 
at the door of the man's house where the Lord, her Lord was till it was light. And her Lord rose up in the morning and opened the doors of the house and went out to go his way. And behold, the woman, his concubine, was fallen down dead at the door of the house uh, and her hands were upon the threshold. Okay. And he said unto her, Up, let us be going. But none answered. Then the man took up, took her up upon an ass, and the man rose up and got him into this place. And when he was come into the house, he took a knife and laid a hold under his concubine and divided her together with her bones into twelve pieces and sent her into all the coasts of Israel. And it was so that all that saw it said there was no such deed done nor seen from that day that the children of Israel came up out of the land of the Egypt until this day. All right. So now look, look at the next chapter now, please. Hallelujah. <clears throat> look in your Bible, please. So now there is a, there is a uh, gathering. And look at verse 6. It's, the man said, I took my concubine, cut her in pieces, and sent her throughout all the land. For they have committed lewdness and folly in Israel. Behold, you are all children of Israel. Give here advice and counsel. All right. Now, let's come down, please. To verse 12. And the tribes of Israel sent men through all the tribe of Benjamin, saying, What wickedness is this that is done among you? Now deliver unto us the man the children of Belial, which are of which are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death and put away evil from Israel. But the children of Benjamin, the children of Benjamin, would not hearken to the voice of their brethren, the children of Israel. But the children of Benjamin gathered themselves together out of the sins of Gibeah unto Gibeah to go out to battle against the children of Israel. Now you've got brothers against brothers. You've got the eleven tribes going against Benjamin. All right. Now follow along. And the children of Benjamin were numbered at that time out of the cities 26,000 men that drew the sword beside the inhabitants of Gibeah, which were numbered 700 chosen men. Among all these people, there were 700 chosen men, left-handed, everyone that could sling his stones at a hairbreadth and not miss. Verse 17. And the men of Israel, beside Benjamin, now, remember, Israel are gathered together. They're going against Benjamin, 26,000. They were numbered 400,000 men that drew the sword. All these were men of war. Now, 400,000 against 26,000. And the children of Israel, verse 18, look in your Bible, please, now. Judges chapter 20, verse 18. The children of Israel arose and went up to the house of God. And ask counsel of God. That's called the prayer of inquiries. And said, Which of us shall go up first to the battle against the children of Benjamin? And the Lord said, I need you to underline that in your Bible. The Lord said, They've got a problem. We've got to deal with the problem. So they did the right thing. They went to the temple. They went to the house of God. And inquired of the Lord. They're doing the right thing. Which one of us shall go? And the Lord said. So God said. Judah shall go up first. 
Did you notice that? Okay. Now, look in your Bible, please. If you've heard for God, from God, you are not anticipating defeat. The only thing that you will anticipate now, because you've heard from God, is victory. Right? And so look what happened here. All right. Verse 19. And the children of Israel rose up in the morning and encamped against Gibeah. And the men of Israel went out to battle against Benjamin, knowing they've got a word from God. And the men of Israel put themselves in array to fight against them at Gibeah. And the children of Benjamin came forth out of Gibeah and destroyed down to the ground of the Israelites that day 22,000 men. How can you be 400,000 against 26,000? And you've already got a word from God. And yet the 26,000 men beat you and kill 22,000 men. Now, to you, that may not mean anything. Let's put it in today's vernacular. What if you, if you think you've heard from God and you go and you make a decision and you lose $22,000 or 22,000 pounds? Aha! Now it is speaking to you. You heard God. You thought you heard God. You woke up. You went out there. And you lose. What do you do when you've got a word from God and you still taste defeat? And this was costly. This was death. 26,000 uh, 22,000 men died. Are you listening to me now? All right. And look what the Bible says here. Verse, uh, let's see. Verse 22. And the people of, of the men of Israel encouraged themselves. Oh, that's what we do. That is what many of us do. Oh, well, bless God. I took a licking, but I'm still ticking. No, 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 no. They encourage themselves. Well, bless God, we heard from God in the first place. All right, we're going to keep on. So they went again and set their battle again in array in the place where they put themselves in array the first day. Now look at verse 23. And the children of Israel went up again and wept before the Lord until evening and asked counsel. Shall I go up to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother? And the Lord said, go up against them. And the children of Israel came near against the children of Benjamin the second day, expecting that winning. And Benjamin went forth against them out of Gibeah the second day and destroyed down to the ground of the children of Israel 18,000 men. All these drew the sword. Now, the first day, they lost 22,000. The next day, 18,000. Second day, 18,000. That's 40,000 men. How can you lose 40,000 men after you've heard from God? Are you following me? And look what happened here. <clears throat> Glory to God. Let's go to verse 26. Then all the children of Israel and all the people went up and came to the house of God and wept. And they sat there before the Lord. Now look what it says here. 
and they fasted that day until evening and offered burnt offerings. Cornelius, your prayers and your offerings have come up before God as a memorial and peace offering before the Lord. Look at verse 27. And the children of Israel inquired of the Lord again. For the ark of the covenant of God was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days, saying, Shall I yet go out to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother, or shall I cease? And the Lord says, Go up, for tomorrow I will deliver them into your hand. What was the problem? They had the right prophetic word, but the wrong timing. They just got up and went. They stepped ahead of God by 72 hours. The first day, they lost 22,000 men. The second day, they lost 18,000 men, making it 40,000. So they learned by their mistake. They go up before God. Shall I go or should I stop? God says, no, tomorrow you go. Tomorrow you go. See, the problem with many of us is when we receive a prophetic word, we got up and we try to do it by ourselves. No, 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 no. You don't do that. If you do do that, your prophetic word will fail, just like Moses, just like the children of Israel, because you try to do it with the arm of the flesh. And the Bible says, by strength, shall no man prevail. By your own human abilities, you will not prevail. It is not by might, it is not by, by, by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Glory to God. Can you say amen? That's what God said to Zechariah. Hallelujah. Can you say amen, somebody? Glory to God forever. Now, You can see here how, once you've got a prophetic word, if you don't want it to fail, you've got to know the timing of the execution. You've got to know the timing of the execution. Many of us are failing today, frustrated today, flustered today, because we try to execute God's prophetic word by our own hand and by our own strength. But what you need to do is to spend time praying in the spirit, spend some time fasting, seeking God to synchronize your steps with God. Are you listening? Because if you step ahead, you delay yourself. If you step ahead, the cost will be very expensive. The cost will be very, very expensive. I have made decisions before in my life that cost me a lot of money, which I thought was a good idea. You don't want a good idea. You need a God idea. And you need to move in the timing of God. Are you listening? So, failed prophecies is because we step ahead of God or we step after God. No, no, no. You've got to 
take your time, pray in the Spirit, fast, and say, God, when? 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 Is it now? Do you want me to do it now? You will know it. Because when you pray in the Spirit, you are synchronizing your heart with the rhythm of God. Did you hear that? When you're praying in the Spirit and you're fasting, you're synchronizing your steps with the rhythm of God. Prophetic, prophetic words are seasonal and they must be rhythmic. Let me say it again. Prophetic words are seasonal and they must be in the rhythm of God's plan. Can you say amen? Can you say thank you, Jesus? Now, let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now, remember, he's already told um, Timothy, according to the prophecies which went on before on you, that you by them might war a good warfare. Verse 19, holding faith, holding faith. So it needs your prof your prophetic word needs faith. Holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. That's what Moses did. Are you listening? He put away faith and relied upon his own hands. And he had shipwreck. Now, let me read 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 14. This is your priority if you don't want to see a failed prophetic word in your life. Verse 14, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Meditate, meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear unto all. So what's the first thing you're going to do? What's the first thing you've got to do when you receive a prophetic word? Meditate upon it. Think it through. Pray through. Fast it through. And then begin to ask God, when is the playroom moment? When is the playroom moment? When do I leave Kronos and tap into Pleru. All right? Meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them that your profiting may appear to all. The Write this down. The purpose of prophecy is for the profiting of your life. A prophetic word is to make you a prophet, not for you to go into a pitfall. Not for you to be in a pit. But many, are you listening? That's what happened to Joseph. In fact, let's go to Psalms 107, please. I want to show you this. Psalms 107. Psalms 107. Look in your Bible, please. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Psalms 107. And let's look at... Uh, what the Bible says about Joseph. Hallelujah. Psalms 105, rather. Psalms 105. All right, let's go there. Psalms 105. Joseph almost had 
his word to fail. Now, verse 17, Psalms 105, verse 17. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron. Now look at verse 19. Until the time that his word came. He was given that word when he was a kid. His problem, he blabbed it to, his, to the wrong people. He blabbed it to his brothers. He should have just given it to his father. Not to his brothers. The Bible says his father pondered the words that Joseph spoke. Because Jacob also nearly missed his destiny. But until his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. You hear me now? Until the, the time that the word came, his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. This is where many of you are today. Until the time that your word come, that word will be like a needle prodding you, poking you. And this is the problem. Many of us, we know we've got a word, but we don't know how to bring it to pass. And we think we have to use the wisdom of the Egyptians. No, we don't use the wisdom of the Egyptians. We use the wisdom of God. Well, my time is up. Thanks for listening to this episode of the FaithLift Radio Podcast. For more information about Dr. Glenn and how to offer your financial support, log on to glenarecchia.org.